Fear not death, for the hour of your doom is set, and none may escape it. That's a quote from the Volsung Saga. Will you be feeling triumphant at the end of Valheim, or will you feel like you want to die at the end of everything? I'll discuss about Valheim and a lot more right here on the Game Guide Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Game Guide Podcast, your guide to the world of gaming. My name is Phil, and I'm very glad that you are here. This is a very special time, and this is the 10th episode. We made it this far. Congratulations. If you're listening to this, congratulations on listening to this 10th episode. I've been very proud of myself to be able to make the 10 episodes, so we'll just keep going, going strong. To celebrate, I made a Twitter account. You could follow me at GameGuidePod on the Twitterverse. I... I always have trouble trying to say things on Twitter, like tweeting things, and that might sound odd, like, you're doing a podcast, you're sharing all sorts of opinions, like, what are, what are you doing, why do you have trouble with Twitter, it's just, I don't know, it's just, I have trouble doing that, but I will do my best to make it worth your while to follow me at GameGuidePod on Twitter, and speaking of Twitter, one tweet that you may have run into already if you're on Twitter that I found like wow this is amazing is Terry Crews the famous actor he had a tweet a couple of days ago which all it said was localize mother three it's gotten about 150,000 likes at this point and I, I was just amazed that you don't often hear about the celebrities and the mainstream often talking about video games too much, but then it's like, oh, localized Mother 3. If you don't know about Mother 3, Nintendo fans have been asking for a long while to try to get Mother 3 localized and be able to play it on a Nintendo console, but it's been Japan exclusive, and that could be contributed to a number of reasons, which I won't go into at this point. But it, you have Terry Groose on your side now if you are trying to get Mother 3 to come over to the states and to the rest of the world. So keep fighting strong. A couple other housekeeping things to talk about. I think in the last episode I talked about a printer with Pokemon Snap. I think I might mention it came from Nintendo. I don't think it's technically from Nintendo directly. It's from Fujifilm. They have the Instax Mini Link printer that you can hook up to your Switch via USB or Bluetooth maybe. But there's also a special Pikachu printer of this, but if you get this printer, then you can connect it to your Switch, and then you can print pictures, and not just from Pokemon Snap, but you can print other pictures from a variety of other screenshots that you've taken in-game. I'll talk about Pokemon Snap more next week, so stay tuned. And also, I talked about the Tales of series a little bit, and I forgot to mention that I have also played Tales of Symphonia Dawn of the New World, which I'm assuming I kept from my memory, because... I don't think Dawn of the New World did very well as a sequel to Tales of Symphonia, but that's another topic for another time. But I also started Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition a couple of days ago, so missed on some Tales games, but we're, I caught up. I've rectified my mistakes. But anyways, we're just going to keep going. So on April 29th, we had a state of play that had a large focus on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. But before I get to that, they covered two other games that are coming out soon. We have 
Subnautica Below Zero, which is coming to the PS4 and PS5 on May 14th. They gave us a little bit more information on this. Subnautica Below Zero is a sequel to Subnautica, the game that came out a few years ago. Uh, this game is set in one year after the previous game, and it includes a lot more exploring underwater and exploring all these vast biomes as you try to figure out what happened to the crew and your sister, I believe, is what they talked about in the trailer. So you have a bunch of new tools and vehicles to craft and a lot of beautiful things to check out in the PS5 version. I believe it supports 4K, so you'll be able to see all sorts of beautiful, wonderful things if you get it on that console. If you had the chance, you could have gotten Subnautica for free when they were offering those 9 or 11 games on PlayStation for you to download for absolutely free to play. I was able to get Subnautica and I downloaded that, so I will try to get to that. So keep an eye out for Subnautica Below Zero. We also got information that Among Us is coming to the PS4 and PS5 at some point in 2021, and you can get a Ratchet and Clank skin for playing on the PlayStation. Cool. I don't really hear Among Us much anymore on, you know, the social webs. It's still in popular culture, at least a bit, but it's not as much as it was a few months ago. But otherwise, they focused about... 15 minutes of their 22-minute presentation on the new Ratchet & Clank game coming out, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, which is releasing on June 11th for the PS5. So it's a brand new full-length standalone adventure, which they said it's very easy for newcomers to get into, and also that longtime fans will also get a kick out of. When I looked at the gameplay that they had, it's looking very pretty. The PS5, I feel like this game was made for the PS5. They always talk about the haptic feedback on the controller and all the levels looking very pretty. But the most impressive thing for me is just how fast all the levels load when you're going through time rifts and experiencing a new area, which I think that's what they've been promoting a lot with the PS5, that loading times are non-existent. It's a thing of the past, and you can... You fight a boss, and then you're in one area, and all of a sudden you go through a time rift, and then one second later, later you're in a new place. And so there's hardly any load times in between areas. So this can change how people develop games for the PS5 and other powerful systems where you can just ignore loading times and cause all sorts of more immersion tactics to get you more into the world of the game. But Ratchet & Clank... Rift Apart looks pretty good, so check that out at some point. I uh, also have the free Ratchet & Clank game that they distributed a few months ago as well, so I should probably get on that too. A lot of, too many games. You you know what's up. There's just too many games to cover. But that's, that's what we have. So yes, those three games are covered in the state of play, but I think they did pretty well. There was one morning I woke up at about 5 a.m., really groggy, and I look at Twitter, and then all of a sudden I find out that Super Mario Party now has online. Before Super Mario Party had some online, but that was only through a few mini games that you did in this like mini game off where you try to be the last one standing. But with Super Mario Party, now you can play the regular Mario Party board game along with the team game and one other mode. So you can actually play 
proper Mario Party online with friends. Doesn't seem like you can do it with random people unless you have some sort of connection to them already. So that's a little bit of a bummer, but I can understand that. I'm assuming if people started losing Mario Party, they would just disconnect and that would cause problems. So better to just do it with friends and family. But two years later, you finally get proper online for Super Mario Party. There were some rhythm games that were that you can't do online, but otherwise you have the full list of mini games that you can play in the regular party mode. You can now play online along with the boards that you have for Super Mario Party. I myself am just waiting for the next Mario Party. I still haven't gotten Super Mario Party just because it seems like there's a lack of content and with not many people around me anymore to play Mario Party, it's just not as worth it to pick up an entire game just for that. But if there's a sale, I might get this because now with online, it's easier to play with people and play Super Mario Party. You know, you just have a little short bouts of playing this game. You always hope that they might add more functionality. Like if you give, gave us Mario Party 2 with online, or just gave us a bunch of different old games online that we could play, well, I suppose they do that already, don't they? With the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo games that you can do online if you have the Nintendo's Switch Online membership. So you just gotta bring N64 games to Switch Online, Nintendo. That's just what you need to do. And start with Mario Party 2, and then we will be golden. It'll be great. So get on that, Nintendo. And speaking of Nintendo, Miitopia will be coming out in a few weeks. But before that, they released a demo. And that demo, if you've been paying attention to social media and those things, they've been creating a lot of different faces and me's. They're much more in tune with what the characters would actually look like in-game. Like, I'm talking that people are creating one-to-one -one images of Dr. Neo Cortex from Crash Bandicoot and Dr. Robotniks and making the Mona Lisa a me in Metopia and making a screenshot of Pokemon Gold and Silver with a picture of a whooper there. They're making all sorts of things using the me creator in Metopia, and I think that's absolutely great. Like, it's... Some of the things that you can see are super creative. Like, they also... I remember seeing one where they used every single piece of editing that they could because you're allowed to do a hundred edits or add a hundred things, I believe. And they made the clock from Kirby Superstar. And if you ever looked at the, at the clock from Kirby Superstar, that is a very complex clock. But someone made that. And it's great. So getting more and more enticed to get Metopia when it releases, but not yet. I'll try to the demo. I'll see if I can make a me face of some sort of IP. Someone that... Not many people have made. Maybe I can make something from Nasia. Maybe that can work. I'll 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 get on that. We'll see how productive I can be this week. But I'll put it right on my Twitter of any characters I make. But if you're wanting to check out Metopia and how it all works, try out the demo. You can get it on Nintendo Switch right now. Even if I don't get Metopia, I'll talk about it at some point. Just because I've played a lot of the 3DS version. We got two game releases this week, both on the PlayStation and other consoles that I'll go over. One I'm sure a lot of people are aware of is Resident Evil Village, also known as Resident Evil 8. 
if you look at that logo real closely, you can see the V and then the I and then the I and then the I, which in Roman numerals is the number 8. So very clever. Well done to Capcom. That will release on May 7th, where you can get it on the PS5, the PC, the PS4, you can also get it on Stadia, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. So you have the next rendition of the Resident Evil series, the Survival Horror series, and it comes with stunning graphics. They're really looking to use graphics to emphasize the horror aspect in this game as you fight for survival and you try to get through everything that happens. So this is almost a continuation of the events that happened after, the, after Resident Evil 7, and now you're in this village with a lot of things going on that you have to find answers. You have different characters from the series returning, such as Chris Redfield turning in from coming in from other games. And so you have a seems like they are getting back more to the roots of Resident Evil, which I think is great. So you can try that out. There's a demo that you can play as well if you want to try out Resident Evil. Of course, you want to play this game if you're a horror fan, and you'll probably want to skip this if you're not a horror fan. The other game that I want to touch on is Hood Outlaws and Legends. It's also coming on the same consoles as Resident Evil Village for the PlayStation 5, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, but no Stadia. I'm sorry, Stadia. So in Hood Outlaws and Legends, you and your team of four, I believe, not in including you, four, and you are in this medieval world where you are a gang of thieves trying to steal treasure from, from the sheriff and trying to make a clean breakaway. So you have your team of four people, but then you also are playing against another team of four players who are also trying to get the same treasure while you're also trying to fight these AI-controlled enemies. So you're trying to move in stealth to get the key to unlock the vault to get the treasure, and you're also trying to beat up any enemies and enemy players that you're meeting along the way. So this looks like it will be a great game for those with friends who are trying to do a little bit adventuring with people. I'm not sure how this well this would work with randos that you would meet online, but I'm sure if you had some few people that you wanted to play with, you'd be able to form a team and have a fun time just being a thief and trying to steal the treasure. There's different roles you can play. You can be a berserker type person who just goes in and fights things. You can be an archer who can shoot things. You can be a healer who can locate enemies and such. And you also can be this one lady who specializes in traps and things. So a lot of different play styles for different things you can try out and you can improve your abilities and skills and in gear. So it seems like if you're looking for something to do with friends, this might be something that'll be right up your alley. And that will be coming out on May 7th. So I've watched some gameplay trailers and things, a variety of things, because I've seen this game advertised in various presentations, and I think it looks pretty well polished. So check that out if you have a group of friends that you're trying to look for something new to do. Okay, so... Next, I'm going to talk about Valheim. Valheim, I suppose I'm a little late to the party now at this point with Valheim being released in February and we're now in May, but my friends and I just finished up Valheim, so I wanted to spend some time talking about this. So Valheim is set in this 
afterlife of a Viking world where I believe you have died and gone on to the afterlife, but you still have to go through some trials and tribulations to move on to the next life and things. And so you're in this world where you're trying to fight all these different mythological enemies from Viking lore as you try to survive this wilderness and build up your skills to take on these enemies. You are dropped off in this meadow type area and then you have the ability to craft various things, to build shelters, and your goal is to beat all these boss type enemies that you meet throughout the game. This is a game that is in development. Uh, this game is being developed by Iron Gate Studios. They are a Swedish developer, and it's being published by Coffee Stain Studios. You probably might know their name from Goat Simulator, if you ever played that. But it was released in early access on Steam on February 2nd. And this game was developed by a five-person team who all worked to bring this world to life in Valheim. So you have to prove yourself. You get to craft various tools and build shelters and you have to fight various enemies to survive and I believe you can have these hub worlds with up to 10 people 10 of your friends, 10 of your randos, whatever but as these vikings you go through various biomes such as meadows, forest, swamp and other places and you fight different enemies you find out where the boss is in that area and then you beat the boss and then you keep going there's, it's kind of simple in gameplay aspect. You have different skills that you can get by practicing your skills, such as if you're chopping down a tree, you'll slowly over time become more efficient at tree chopping. At the at first, it will be very easy to level up, but after a while, you'll you'll improve less and less. You'll have diminishing returns, but you also can level up jumping, you can level up stealth, you can level up your ability with swords, with maces, and so you have a variety of ways that you level up. The main things that you do for each area is usually find your bearings, find what enemies there are in the areas. You find out how to get new gear, whether that's hunting deer or mining for iron. Then you make new gear based on what you have, and then you go find the boss, figure out what item it needs, and then you fight the boss. And then you try to beat each boss, you get their powers, and then you move on to the next area. It's a very simple game, but I think it's able to achieve what it does pretty well, especially for an early access game. And especially being just made by five people. To give you a little story about this game, I was not in the mood to play this game when my friends first started playing it. I was not in the mood to play another crafting base game we just get got done playing raft and i was not in the mood if you could think of the meme where you have the claymation penguin sitting in the chair with his with his wings crossed over his chest like that with a little pouty face that was me i was not feeling this game i even stare at the steam page sometimes like i just didn't want to play this game right now i was busy doing other things and granted i was playing persona 5 strikers and Xenoblade Chronicles of the Torna Country at the same time, so I was not in the mood to play another crafting game. But eventually I did start playing, and then I started from the beginning, got some help from friends to ease through some parts of the game, and by that point we were ready and moving on to the third area of the game. Right now there's five 
complete, I put in quotation marks. You can't see me doing the finger movements, but there's about five areas in this game that are developed, while there's some other game areas that are existing, but they don't have anything to them right now at this point. But you have those five areas, and so we were heading, beginning to head right into the third area that my friends had built a bunch of different structures, because my main thing in this game is that I did not want to build anything extravagant. I just wanted to beat up some things, and so they obliged. So I just freeloaded off of their their quarters, and I was able to continue through the game. And we just beat the final boss. I'm doing the air quotes again. Final boss so far that has been in this game since it came out. I never built anything substantial, but my friends did make some great structures, such as some castles and this, essentially a mansion. It would cause some trouble loading sometimes that the mansion was so big, but that's just how it was. And so there was four of us in total that were going through this world. Sometimes there, I'd just be traveling with one other person going through things, and sometimes there'd be a group of us. We always make sure to take on the bosses with all four of us. So as I mentioned before, this is an adventure game in its simplest form. It's almost you could compare it to an MMO where you don't really have any of the side quests at all that you get with an MMO. And you don't really have interactions with NPCs at all. This is just, you exist, you put things together, and then you go fight things. It's almost, I know some people might not like this comparison, but it's almost like Minecraft in a way, except there's more bosses you can fight. And what I mean by that is in Minecraft, you're crafting things, you're building a shelter, and then you explore the world and find more things to mine and put together. And essentially, it's the same thing with Valheim, except that areas are divided up into biomes, and usually the enemies in each biome keep you from progressing too far in that area until you've gotten enough armor to be able to face off against the enemies. So there's differences from Minecraft, but it still has that crafting element along with finding enemies that kind of lumps everything together. At this point, Minecraft is just the genre at this point with all these different crafting and some minor combat that you have that influences a lot of games. So if you wanted to be a Viking adventurer and take on enemies, then this is, this is the best way to do it at this point. I think what made Valheim so unique when it first came out is that there's not really too many games where you can get a large party of people to go on an adventure with besides an MMO. They haven't really developed too many games where you can have up to 10 people and you just go on an adventure together. You don't really have that too much. Usually these large grandiose adventure games are saved for, as I mentioned before, MMOs and also for single player adventures such as Breath of the Wild and those other type of adventure games. So I think this got really unique with the amount of things that you can do in Valheim and how it was relatively simple and easy to understand how things worked. And you could build things, you can do all sorts of things with the physics engine, and you can just go on, a, on an adventure with your, with your teammates. The highlights for me for playing Valheim were especially finding new areas and seeing all the things that they contained with in terms of what kind of loot you would get and what kind of enemies there that there were there and also seeing how the bosses were programmed and the strategies that you had to build for that. I think in the end a lot of bosses where if you had good enough armor it was just to either manipulate the AI so that way you can 
pick them off easily or just run up and beat them down. But if the armor wasn't as good, then you had to put a little bit more strategy into that. With that in mind, I think the third boss to slightly get into spoilers. Uh, this is mostly an adventure game, so can't really spoil any story elements, but I'll talk about some gameplay elements in here. Where I think the third boss worked out where it was a little bit challenging. You had various enemies that were appearing to fight you. The enemy would throw enemies at you that would come and fight you, so you had to deal with those while also dealing with the boss, while also getting damage from a poison effect, so you had to diversify your time and make sure that you were focusing on all those things so you didn't get overwhelmed by any one thing. And I don't know if all the bosses did that, but I feel like the third boss did that well enough where it became a challenge, but not too exceedingly difficult that you couldn't overcome it. The other, the lowlights for me for this game where dying was often an issue where you have to usually walk all the way back to where you perished which can be tough if you died a real long time away. Once you get portals, things get quite a bit easier from what I witnessed and heard about when my friends were playing the game before I joined. But there is essentially some points when I was playing where I had to take this boat and try to get all the way back to this one place where I'm just traveling on a boat for 15 minutes trying to get back to my armor, only to die again and have to do it all over again. So it gets gets a little tedious where you're trying to have to do that but I really liked about this game where I mean it's just unique with its open worldness and not that open world are unique but it's unique where you have this multiplayer experience where you could travel with all these different people and explore and do those kind of things and you can build an item where if you're playing with randos and you're worried about them taking all your stuff and everything you can protect your base that way people can't destroy that so you can have random people come on come on to play the game and your character attributes like your weapons and everything you can go to different game worlds with those attributes so you could be get super strong from one game world then go to someone else's game world and beat everyone up but there's a variety of ways to do that the combat i think in this game works well enough you know it's simplistic if you want to get more in depth in it you have the parry system with some shields where if you block right before you get hit then you can do a parry the enemy gets staggered and you get a lot more hits in but your weapons give you a variety of effects and different types of damage so you have a little bit more strategy where you can't really super specialize with just one weapon until the late game where you get a variety of super strong weapons what i didn't like and it's really hard to criticize a game where it's in early access but there's also the idea of it shouldn't be released if it still has these problems. But then you also have the idea of the game development world's a much different place where it's hard to try to keep up with these game developers who have hundreds and hundreds of employees when you're just this small team trying to put things together. So it's almost like you have to build an idea then release it early access for people to enjoy it. And that's kind of what happened with Valheim here. But the things, if any Valheim people are listening to this podcast, maybe someday they will, I think the controls definitely could use some work trying to go to your boat with all this iron and other metals to put on a cart to try to transport it over to your crafting table can take a whole lot of work and that cart does not want to go up hills at all 
because you have this weight system where if you have so much on your person you can't carry it so that's why you need a cart that you can put all the metals on there but then the cart also gets heavier so then you have a tough time trying to drag this cart along with you and just sometimes the cart will flip over sometimes the cart will get stuck on things and so that's not work out very well and there are other times where i was starting to get used to the game i saw myself getting stuck on a variety of things I even went out of bounds once when a friend just closed the door on me i just got pushed out of bounds in this little dungeon area so that was fun but you just need to work with that uh, the enemy ai is very simple often the enemy ai is either charge at you or get into the position for its particular attack and i feel with the boss ai it was easy to abuse i even think with the last boss where my three friends had just died, I was alone with the boss, so I went to a pillar, and I guess I had the pillar, this giant pillar in between me and the boss, and I just walked around the pillar, and the boss just kept walking around with me, and it never attacked me at all, so I just waited there until people got over to get their stuff again and help fight the boss. But you want a little bit more complex enemy AI. I understand that you have to have more simple AI so people can beat the enemies, but still, I want more than just enemies charge at you, you sit on top of a rock, and then they can't hit you at all with their attacks. That's just, it's easy to beat enemies that way, but I want more of a challenge. I think that could fix itself really easily if you give enemies the ability to jump, but adding more complex AI would be great. And there's, there's really not much in terms of varied gameplay. And what I mean by that is you're essentially either crafting things, you're getting things together like you're farming to put things together or you're fighting things those are really the three different things and it doesn't really mix up anything there is some points that mix up things like you meet a merchant and then you can buy things off of him but i think it would be nice to have various other things to just add very gameplay to your adventures like you have dungeons that you go into to get metals and things but why not make the dungeons more expansive maybe have a boss in some of the dungeons maybe have a particular objective that you have to get make the dungeons bigger maybe get trapped in a dungeon have to beat up the enemies before you can leave it'd also be nice to have more random events maybe not have enemies that try to attack you sometimes you can have enemies that will attack your base and you have to defend it but it'd be nice to have other things that go on as well maybe someone can visit maybe you, there is a special type of enemy that's only available for a limited time that you have to beat up and get special items or maybe a different type of merchant shows up where you can buy metals off him those various types of random events i'd like to see and i also understand what kind of game it is but it'd be nice to have some sort of mysterious areas to visit like maybe a town of some sort where you can interact with npcs have something to go along with like what if you have to fight off a entire town of of people where you have to get something at the center of the town and you have to beat up everyone to go off of that i'm just looking for more varied gameplay because after a while when you do the same cycle of finding what you need to be to get better gear and then beating up the boss it tends to get tedious after a while so i like to see more varied things on on that but if you fix those two latter things I mentioned I think this game can improve so much in my eyes, but it's not also not what about I think, it's about what everyone else thinks. And you can look on the Steam page and people are rating it 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. So this game is done very well even being in early access. 
and it seems the game developers have noticed this and they're doing their best to try to add more content to the game as soon as possible. So I think it's very nice that people have done this and it's a shame that I was not ready to play this type of game right away. But we made it through, got my 35 hours in, and so I am good. So in summary, I can recommend this game for those who want to go on an adventure with friends. If you have just a couple friends, if you have a eight friends, you can go on this adventure, make your own world, and have fun there. I think people who like crafting and building a base, especially large structures, you know, sometimes you see large structures in Minecraft that people build. If you like doing that with uh, wood and stone, that could be something that you could greatly do in Valheim. I remember seeing one instance of people making a roller coaster. They made a Viking boat, they built this wooden ramp, and you just take the boat and you can just go on this roller coaster all the way down. So people are doing a lot with this game. And I also recommend it if you desire adventure where you're a Viking and you're beating up monsters and doing that. If you're just looking for something to somewhat mindlessly do and beat up enemies, I think you'll have a fun time with this. I don't think I recommend this game for those who are looking for a great single player experience. I feel that if you die in single player, enemies are still going to be around. Or if you have friends, they can help you out to get your stuff. But if you lose all your stuff in a place far, far away, like deep in the swamp where there's a lot of poisonous enemies around, good luck trying to get that back without making new armor to try to walk in there. So that cause, that can cause a lot of difficulty and unnecessary frustration if you're just doing this single player. And I think there is probably better games you can play if you're just for single player. Not that you can't have fun with single player. But I'm just thinking you have more fun if you're going around with people. If you're turned off by unnecessary busy work, I'm not sure I can recommend this game. Sometimes you would just have to go on this on these large mining runs, just mine and mine and mine, to try to get enough stuff to put in your kilns and make more armor. And that could be a tedious process. Like you probably spend most of this game gathering resources than actual fighting in this game so yeah be ready to put in the grind to make your armor and things the best that they can be and also if you're looking for a big in-depth adventure i'm not sure i can re recommend this too much it's very shallow in terms of story gameplay is there and open worldness is there but if you're looking for a story or interactivity then it might be best to look for it elsewhere but valheim a lot of people liked it it's kind of fallen off quite a bit off of the consciousness of the public but this if you're looking for something to do again if you don't want to if you want to do something with friends you can play hood you can play valheim a variety of different things that you can do i'm always trying to find the next big game i don't know what that'll be because like valheim took off and then you also hear about other games like fall guys and among us who just take off in popularity so i'd always like to try to find that next thing if you think you know what the next big game will be, be sure to let me know at gameguidepodcast at gmail.com. We'll go over a lot more things next week, including Pokemon Snap, but no matter where you are in life, I hope you're able to have a great week. Always be kind to one another, and we'll catch you next time.